Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing. If you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do. Or if you are a homeschool mama unsure that the way you're showing up in your homeschool isn't the way you want to be showing up in your homeschool, then this is the podcast for you. I'm here to encourage you in your homeschool journey to help you strategize ways to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. So welcome, homeschool mama. You've likely heard the story about my experience with overwhelm in homeschool. About four years in, it was slump month, about January or February of that year. We were in northern British Columbia with four little kids. My husband was doing a locum in northern BC. We didn't know anybody there. And even though I didn't know anybody and there was three feet of snow on the ground, I had no idea what the bus route was. I was dying to find out because I felt done with homeschool. But I'm guessing you've heard me share that story. And I want you to know... I have had a lot more stories of overwhelm after and before that. No surprise there. We all have. The big emotion of overwhelm can embody many different stories. There are so many possible stories of overwhelm that we might experience. Even this pandemic alone has triggered overwhelm for each of us at times for so many different reasons. In the beginning of this pandemic, being married to a physician, I felt like I sent my husband off to war. They'd been explained all the different notions about what it was going to be like if they had to triage and didn't have space or room. And that is kind of where they're at in a lot of the bigger centers right now. There are so many different dynamics that they anticipated that I truly felt overwhelmed for a couple of days at least. Does it have an impact on my homeschool? Uh, Yeah, because me and who I am and my emotional wherewithal and the ability to show up with my kids and really be present or really listen to their stories or really engage on their learning opportunities or whatever formal learning we're doing, it has a huge impact besides the fact that they're learning how to address overwhelm themselves when they're watching me. Straight up, I'm going to tell you, we all have our different stories of overwhelm related to the pandemic and outside of the pandemic. We have different family dynamics. We have different expectations of how we will engage our homeschool or how we'll do an education with our kids. We have different social pressures on how we engage. We have so many possible challenges in overwhelm. And I want you to hear, I see you. I get it. You are a human mom trying to do this homeschool thing and you want to do the best you can. And I applaud you for that because it is hella hard right now to show up on purpose in the way that you want to show up and be who you want to be and enable your child's homeschool education with clarity, confidence, vision, and peace. But that's our goal. So today we're going to talk about 14 different approaches to addressing overwhelm in our homeschools. But first, you're invited to a coaching discussion to bring clarity, confidence, and calm into your homeschool to address these issues of overwhelm in your homeschool this Thursday. If you're interested, let me know.
Recently, I had kind words from Carla. She said, thank you for what you do. I find your materials so helpful. I started using some of the affirmations this past week. They are very powerful. Tears came to my eyes reading some of them for the first time. Your podcast is excellent. I started with the first episode and just listening to each one in order that's interesting me. The one with Julie Bogart was terrific. I bought a sketchbook and pencils and a how-to-draw book just like her. Thank you for sharing that, Carla. That means a whole bunch to me. I very much appreciate hearing your kind words. Before we get started, today's episode is sponsored by Kristen Mercer at Mercentials, the homeschool mama I previously interviewed who sells Young Living Essential Oils. She gave me a sample of Thieves Hand Sanitizer, and I thought, what better way to sample hand sanitizer than to give it to an expert? My husband, the physician who uses hand sanitizer all day long. You might be surprised at how many times he hand sanitizes. So take a listen to his experience. I've been trying to come up with a clever approach to introduce you to something that Kristen Mercer from Essentials gave to me. Young Living Thieves Waterless Hand Sanitizer with peppermint oil. And I'm the kind of gal that wants to give you an honest opinion of how things are experienced. So I decided I would ask someone that is a professional hand sanitizer user. My husband, Tim, who, uh, you know, uses hand sanitizer a couple times. How many times would you say that you use it usually in the hospital on a day? Easily 20, 25 times. Whoa, I'd say that that is definitely a professional hand sanitizer user. <laughs> Would you like to try this hand sanitizer? We're going to see what it's like because he has tried a few hand sanitizers. Yep, we'll squeeze some on. Okay, so I want to know what you think of the fragrance and the feel, how quick it dries or how it dries. I certainly do like Thieves as a cleaner in the household. I really like it. It's very effective and it smells amazing. So what do you think? Well, it's very aromatic. Uh, they're they're kind of stamping out scents in the hospital, just in case anybody has some kind of sensitivity. But I like the smell. Yeah. And it feels soft and silky on the skin. It's not drying. You know, you can have some where they're just basically alcohol-based and they really suck the life out of your skin. But yeah, like this is. That. It says it's peppermint oil with moisturizing aloe vera. So thanks for sharing your thoughts. I appreciate that from the professional hand sanitizer. So what's been happening in your homeschool? If you'd like to connect with me, introduce yourself on the show notes page on my website at www.capturingthecharmlife.com and leave a voice message or a comment. So this is what's been happening in mine. If you've been following along for a while, you'll know that I'm a homeschool mom for 15 years of four kids. I came to the end of my homeschool happiness at about our 4th January, February. I had to figure out how to manage that overwhelm and dissatisfaction because I really did want to homeschool. I just didn't want to do it the way I was doing it. You'll know that I love encouraging others to do this homeschool thing with clarity, confidence, and vision. Those words are hand-picked because I really want them for you. And I've learned to acquire them the good old-fashioned way with a lot of effort, determination, and practical tools. You'll know that I've often been challenged by slump month at this time of year. Many do, because it's a thing. And you'll know I'm married to a medical physician, an emergency anesthesia physician who's also the chief of staff presently at our local hospital. You might not actually know that last tidbit, but I share it for a specific reason today. 
I really don't know that experience of overwhelm in my homeschool anymore. I'm at ease with the homeschool academics, the socialization concern, the unique personalities living in my family most days, and I've got a plan for how I want to show up most days, but still not all the days. But I still do feel overwhelmed at times because, you know, I'm a human having a human experience. Now, about being married to a medical physician. Being married to him and having a reciprocally supportive relationship, I don't have a media view of the pandemic. I could tell you all sorts of pandemic stories, but of course I can't because of confidentiality. My own experience of the pandemic probably has similarities to yours. I know what it's like to be sick and wonder if I've got COVID, to wonder if I need to be worried or not, to be in angst about someone else's health, to question the efficacy of the vaccines, to question the stories behind the stories of why we're dealing with a pandemic anyway, to wonder why others don't think as I do about it, to feel unsupported through it, to wonder if this thing is ever gonna end. I know the experience of divisiveness of pandemic discussions, and I know what it's like to not want to give a rip about the pandemic anymore because I'm as tired of it as everyone else. I know what it's like to discover that someone important to me doesn't see the world the way that I do. Kind of disheartening. I also know what it's like to hear real people's stories in the actual hospital, both from a patient point of view, a hospital administration point of view, an emergency doctor point of view, an anesthetist point of view, and a nursing point of view. I know what it's like to share worry with my husband about the hospital staff in their exhaustion or illness or concerns about vaccines or whether they have to look after their sick kids or if they have to show up to an emerge shift instead. I am replete with stories. I've watched my husband take phone calls in the bathtub, on the road in a snowstorm, pretty much anywhere you might imagine that would be the most inopportune time because there was some crisis going on that had to be addressed or maybe even three at a time. I've watched him work for days straight, like literally, without sleep, not more than an energy bar or two in his stomach. Of course, if you know him, you know he's never been a slouch and still comes home to do the dishes or teach the kids a math concept or play a game, then eat a peanut butter sandwich spend an hour working out, yes, even after not sleeping for 36 hours, then fall asleep to chess.com or his Twitter feed. I've seen him work hardcore since 1998 when we met, but these last couple years take the cake. And then last weekend happened, another giant crisis that affected hundreds of people. And I felt the tsunami wave of overwhelm in a way I hadn't felt since March of 2020 when I first felt like I sent my husband to war. This last week, I've been addressing my experience of overwhelm in a whole new way, deeply, much more deeply, but ultimately with similar tools and strategies that I ever have at other times. Wildly coincidental, perhaps, because I have on my calendar a reminder to offer you the opportunity to address your overwhelm for this upcoming Thursday. Coincidence? I think not. 
So we'll dig deep for about an hour and a half, assessing with journal questions as a group um, of how to show up on purpose in our homeschools despite overwhelm. But even if you can't make it, today I'm going to chat about 14 different ways that we can address overwhelm in our homeschools during a pandemic. From one homeschool mama to another, if you want to do this homeschool thing, I encourage you to take care of you, to nurture the nurturer. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, you'll need to spend time with that feeling. Yeah, you'll have to sit with it, get familiar with it, get clear on what you're feeling, why you're feeling what you're feeling, what your thoughts are behind that feeling, and address each of those issues head on. A lovely quote I found by Brianna Wiest, W-I-E-S-T. She says, one day the mountain that is in front of you will be so far behind you, it will barely be visible in the distance, but the person you become in learning to get over it, that will stay with you forever. And that is the point of the mountain. So let's chat about homeschool overwhelm. When I first say those words, what is the first thing that you think you are most overwhelmed by? You might want to grab your journal and a pen so we can dig deep in this podcast episode or just take notes on your screen and use it as a jumping off point to address the real needs that you have in addressing your overwhelm. So let's go. Even before the pandemic, homeschool moms were overwhelmed at times. So many reasons to feel overwhelmed when you're a homeschool mom. But at a pandemic, and we have a whole lot more reasons to feel that overwhelm. Besides the fact that real family life is still happening during the pandemic, we've heard all manners of stories. Families have moved, and they homeschool, and there's a pandemic. A baby was born, and they homeschool, and there's a pandemic. A family member's ill, and they homeschool, and there's a pandemic. Or a death in the family, and they homeschool, and there's a pandemic. Or you literally fill in the blank, because I know that we all have a lot of stories. We have each had very unique experiences in this pandemic. You may have joined the homeschool world, but don't know anyone else doing it. You experience underlying anxiety that someone might get sick or that people don't really care about you, or you experience conflict with friends or family over discussions on masks and vaccines. Maybe there's been discussions on racism or political discussions that weren't so fun, or you fill in the blank. There's been a few. Are these reasons you might feel overwhelmed in this last year? Uh, yeah. Every single one of us might feel that overwhelm. But then add the general overwhelm of homeschooling your kids, because it's normal to feel overwhelmed at times in regular years. Then you might feel a wee bit of homeschool overwhelm this year for sure. Here are a couple common reasons homeschoolers typically feel overwhelmed. You're trying to keep a clean house. You're trying to keep a private school in your home. You're trying to finish all the curriculum. You're trying to do everything that the neighbor's kids are doing at their school. 
you're trying to do everything other homeschool families are doing with their kids. You believe there is only really one right way to homeschool. You're trying to do your homeschool just like Charlotte Mason, John Holt, Maria Montessori, or maybe Julie Bogart might. You're trying to keep your kids happy all the time. You're trying to make three square meals every day of the week. You love your kids and you're glad to live and learn with them, but you don't feel supported by a community outside your home. You have one child that has extra needs and you don't know if you're doing right by them. You have neurotypical kids, but you still don't know if you're doing right by them. You feel like you could do a great job with just one or two kids, but you've got five or three or 13. The most patient mom I ever saw was a mom with 13, but I digress. You feel like you never quite get the right curriculum because homeschooling is never quite always working for you or the kids. Your kids are complaining, bickering, whining, or just plain annoying you. You're trying to do things to check off boxes so other people won't worry about your kids' homeschool education. You're feeling not good enough. And a whole bunch of other possible reasons that you might be feeling overwhelmed. On my website, I've got 19 tips to address homeschool overwhelm in a regular year. But here are 14 tips to address homeschool overwhelm in this year. First tip, adopt unschool practices, or at least learn from them temporarily. No, I didn't say don't care about your kid's education and do nothing to enable that education. Turns out that's not how unschooling works anyway. But what unschooling can teach every homeschooler is that kids are always learning with or without formal instruction. So even when you're not intentional about engaging your kids in learning opportunities, they are still learning. It's what we do. How do I know? Well, as you know, I don't know your kids, probably. But if you spend the next week watching your kids, guess what you'll find? They do stuff when they don't have their time prescribed. Are they building paper airplanes and trying to determine which airplane's drifting fastest toward the garage roof? Are they studying lyrics to the most recent Taylor Swift album? Are they drawing baby Yodas for the refrigerator? Are they trying to win every guess who game with their sibling because they discovered an algorithm? Are they creating Barbie shopping malls in the basement or making Barbie weddings? Now, they might not be learning what you think they should be learning, but they are still learning. The second thing I would suggest to address overwhelm is to plan ahead of time, but plan a whole lot less. If you have a heads up, like you know that a baby will be delivering around or about the end of December, or you've expected adoption papers to be signed in May, then you can anticipate when a baby or a new child arrives in your home that you'll need to shift gears in your homeschool. These moments in your family life can give you enough time to plan ahead. So prep, 
perhaps, to have an educational basket of activities designed for those special periods in your family's life. If your child isn't young enough, you could include in that basket a particular book that you'd like to read aloud with them while you're sitting on the couch with the baby. Maybe you have a special activity book or a Mad Libs book or a maze book or even a fun grammar book that they could do independently. And yes, I said a fun grammar book because my son has found one this year. You could include maybe a game they could play just with their siblings. If you haven't met Professor Noggins, there is a whole lot of cool stuff to learn in those games. Or have you tried Exploding Kittens? I'll bet you've tried Battleship or Bananagrams. How about a game they could play with their friends like Pictionary or maybe get them a new baseball and baseball bat? No, on either hand, don't do that. Or a game they could play with their friends like Pictionary or some sort of outdoor game they could play on the trampoline outdoors. But create an educational basket or a basket of activities that are designed just for this special time in your child's life and in your family's life. The third thought I have about addressing overwhelm in your homeschool is expect you won't find a community that is identical to you. It isn't just when we move to another community that we find it difficult to connect with like-minded families. Sometimes we just don't feel like there's another family that is like ours. And that's probably true. Sometimes we feel like the other homeschool families in our community are religious and we're not. Or the other homeschool families in our community are not religious and we are. Or the other homeschool family has a really formal approach to homeschooling and we are not. And that's not our approach. Or the other homeschool family is unschooled and we're doing the formal approach. The other homeschool family is, you fill in the blank, but they aren't your family. It turns out when families decide to go the homeschool path, we become rather independent and we don't always think the same way that other homeschool families do or anybody. And that's a good thing. We get to know each other as separate families, as unique people that have different ideas and different approaches to life, and it can be a benefit if we see it that way. P.S. Here is a way you can get homeschool community. You can join a homeschool mama intensive or the monthly book club, or at the end of this episode, I'm going to share about the new Patreon community for Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. We'd love to meet you. The fourth thought that I have on addressing overwhelm in our homeschool is to explore your ideas on what an education is anyways. The thing is, we homeschool families can decide how we're educating our kids. That's the point. We have kids, we decided to bring them home, and now we get to decide how we educate them. Since I've been a classical homeschool mom, I taught my kids Latin, or I should say I learned Latin, some Latin, alongside them. So I happen to know the root word for the word education. It's educato, which means to raise up. To raise up what, I ask? To raise up a child. Not to raise up a school system. Not to raise up a classroom. To raise up a child. 
So if the child is the point of reference for our home education, we're going to have to be really clear on who we're raising up. Who is this child? What do they like to learn? How do they like to learn? What are their curiosities? What are their natural strengths? What are the areas they could learn from someone else? What can you pursue as a learning opportunity that would benefit that specific child? Can you see how these questions help to uncover a plan for your specific child's education to raise them up? But they wouldn't necessarily, these questions, they wouldn't necessarily fit within the confines of a schooled education. Turns out you're homeschooling and you can decide how to educate your child your way. And as you can see here, there isn't just one way to homeschool because there isn't just one kind of kid homeschooling. So you get to decide what is an education anyway. So the fifth idea I have on how to address homeschool overwhelm is this, and it's probably the least exciting point that I can share. In fact, it's the one that I least want to share with you because it is for sure the most challenging for me. When big stuff happens, roll with it. I happened to be writing this as I was sitting bored and grouchy in my bedroom, only one day separated from the rest of my family because at that point I thought I had COVID. We didn't know at that point whether it was Omicron or not. And it turns out the pattern certainly appeared so, said my husband, and yet the test said no. But the thing is, we didn't have any option but to roll with it, as all of you know. Some of us might happily exist buried in a hut on top of a mountain and be quite happy never seeing civilization again and therefore likely never seeing COVID or COVID restrictions again, though I'm not sure what they're eating. I happen to live on the bottom of a mountain. I prefer seeing civilization once a week in real time, and we can't rightly suggest I'm living in a hut. So when we regular folk are exposed to other folk, and there happens to be a virus that threatens to overwhelm the healthcare system, making some folk awfully sick, but ensuring that most people get sick eventually, we're going to have to accept that hard stuff, big stuff, is going to happen. And since we have no control of it, we're going to have to roll with it. When we allow the big stuff to happen without resistance, to accept that sometimes in our lives, stuff we don't want to happen will indeed happen, we can grow. We can learn and we ultimately benefit ourselves and others over the course of time. And though it is much easier, much easier for me to write that, to share it with you, it is a lot harder for me to live it out just like it might be for you too. But sometimes when big stuff happens, we don't have a choice but to roll with it. The next thought I have on grappling with overwhelm in our homeschools is that you can't do everything. If our intention is to create a homeschool where our children will become God, knowing everything, or Google, knowing more everything than most human beings, they will not miss an educational beat. True. However, we will need to expand our schedule and get on with an extensive private school education. Crack the whip. Don't give your children solitude because there is no time. 
we must guarantee that our children know as much or more than every one of their student counterparts. Certainly more than the neighbor's kids. Definitely more than the public schooled kids. Or the public school teacher's kids. The private schooled kids. The twice exceptional kids. The Asperger's kids. Just every kid. Your child needs to know more than every kid. Sigh. An education isn't complete until unless they know everything, right? They have to be competent in adding to every topic on Wikipedia if they've really got a great education. In fact, they need to begin developing a new form of encyclopedia altogether because they've got to have the knowledge bandwidth on everything. So, no, that's not your goal in their education either. Me neither. Quite simply, you don't have to teach them everything. They don't need to do every extracurricular and more activities won't make for a better homeschool. But it is our tendency, isn't it? We want to give them everything to help them know everything. So for what? So they don't miss something? Did you miss something? Whether you were homeschooled, private schooled, public schooled, doesn't matter what kind of school, nobody gets everything. Nobody. And um, might I add, less is definitely more in our homeschools. And good thing, because that is a sure way to be overwhelmed when we tell ourselves that our kids need to know everything and they can't miss a beat. And in this two year of way too many things going on in the world, you really don't need to tell yourself you need to do more than you're already doing. If you want to learn more about dealing with unrealistic expectations, you can read more about what I share on my website at www.capturingthecharmlife. I might have learned these things the good old-fashioned way. But if you're doing something, I'll give you this tip. Time block. Know how much time everything's actually taking you. Or maybe this point is just for me. I don't have a good sense of time. Everyone that knows me well knows this to be true. Time blocking was the source of a lot of freedom for me in my homeschool. Because once upon a time, I told myself that I could do way too many things in one day. Which was a recipe for frustration. Always guaranteed me to be late to my girls' violin lessons. When I discovered the effort in time blocking... That all I had to do was spend a week writing down every single thing I did and how much time it took, I discovered it was a physical impossibility to do everything I wanted to do. So I began, and I do emphasize began, to recognize that I simply was being unrealistic with my expectations. Again, you can read about addressing unrealistic expectations on my website. Another tip to addressing overwhelm in your homeschool. Don't do things your kids hate to do. Okay, focus on what they love to do instead. You're not always going to not do the things that your kids don't like to do. That's just like parenting 101. They won't always like everything you love to do. They won't always like everything you put on the table. They won't always like pretty much anything that you think is the best thing ever. You could focus on what they love to do. And so sometimes you're going to be doing things that they don't like to do. But if we focus on what they love to do instead, 
like following their curiosities, expanding on their aptitudes, acknowledging their interests first in your homeschool approach, it'll just be easier and it will work for you and your homeschooled child more. And if you're saying to yourself, but how am I going to teach them to read, to write, to do arithmetic? I can give you a few ideas outside the educational box, but the goal is to make those activities work for your level of emotional wherewithal. In other words, if you want to do something with your kids that they don't want to do, just know that it is taking away a little bit of their emotional energy and it might be a little bit more challenging between you two. Totally okay if you decide that that's an important thing to do. You do that thing. But if it ain't working for you in whatever form or fashion in your homeschool, don't do it. Or if you do something your kids don't want to do, because of course you're going to at times, just factor in how much emotional energy will be required to deal with that child's pushback. The next thing I want to share in how to address homeschool overwhelm is to decide to love people. You don't need to agree with people. In this year of divisiveness, many of us have been surprised that those we care about don't see the world the same way we do. We all have these stories. Sometimes we need to accept that certain people might really see the world differently. And when we discover this, it might influence how we see them and how we want to show up in a relationship with them. And sometimes we discover that though we genuinely see the world differently than them, we also love them deeply and want to continue being connected to them. So we have to set aside discussions on divisive things and love each other anyway. Something you'll hear me say over and over on this podcast, in my writing, in my mentoring is this, you need to factor in a separate time for you. If you haven't learned to do this in your homeschool journey already, you'll definitely need to do it now. If you're feeling overwhelmed, it is a sure sign that you need to be separate. Being separate helps you get perspective. Being separate more likely ensures that you will actually address your own needs. Sometimes when my kids ask me, what did you do all alone when they left the house for some reason with their dad and everyone's gone and I have the entire house all to myself. I do exactly what I always do, but I start with tidying. Yes, I do. I do a little sweeping. I do a little tidying. And then I sit down with a cup of tea or cup of coffee and write or read or the exact same things I would do if my kids were there, but I do it quietly. I'd be able to think my own thoughts. I naturally address my own needs. Sometimes we don't know what we need because we give no effort or thought to it. Sometimes we allow all the stuff happening around us to dominate our internal world. And we need to change that. We need to practically change that. Which means that we actually learn to understand what is indeed overwhelming us. So we have to sometimes sit down with a pen and a journal and write it down. What is overwhelming us? So whether you need to take a carafe of tea or coffee to the parking lot of your favorite cafe, turn on cheesy coffee house music and just sit, or ask grandparents to babysit via Zoom if you don't have them nearby, 
by reading them a story or playing a game while you head for a walk around the block. Or you invest in noise cancellation earphones for a limited time period in the day. Or you ask a friend or partner to look after your kids while you leave your home to pretty much anywhere. Could be a walk on a local trail, a run around the block, sitting at a park, or a green space with a journal and pen. Just go somewhere and do something just for you. Find time alone each week. From one homeschool mama to another, I want to tell you that you should expect not to handle everything graciously all the time. Yeah, I'm going to be that mom because I want to be realistic with you. Whatever challenges you had before you went into parenting or whatever issues you had before you went into homeschooling, they are yours still. And you will have a lot of opportunity to get familiar with them. You are growing and learning along with the rest of humanity. You have all sorts of things you need to learn. We all do. Our goal, though, is just to commit to learning and observing ourselves and learning some more. P.S. When you become more gracious with yourself, you actually become more gracious with others, too. Learning self-compassionate techniques that help you address your own needs could be an imperative goal. How about scheduling daily mindful moment check-ins with yourself? This is a self-compassion technique. Every day, I am reminded to breathe at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time every single day. I set my alarm on my iPod so I can do a quick check-in with myself. I chose 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for a reason. For many of my years, I found Mondays at 11 a.m. to be the most challenging moment in the week because we'd spent the weekend doing fun stuff or just having a whole lot more leisure and freedom. So Monday morning, nobody was eager to get back into the homeschool routine. There was a lot of disinterest in doing the typical routine. And by 11 a.m., I was really, really done with the week already. So at 11 a.m. every day, I do a quick check-in with myself. I ask myself how I'm feeling. And this is quick, by the way. I don't spend a lot of time doing this. I ask myself, am I intentionally breathing? The reminder tells me to breathe. And every time I see the word breathe or someone speaks to me about breathing as an approach to dealing with intense emotions, I instinctively want to breathe. Just listen. It really is soothing. And obviously it's a built-in mechanism that is created to, I don't know, keep us alive. But it also just brings us a sense of peace. Brings us to a quieter place. Dr. Caroline Leaf on her podcast shared that if you breathe deeply 10 times over, really slow, long, deep breaths 10 times, if you are anxious or angry or frustrated or overwhelmed or whatever intense feeling you're feeling, you will begin to come out of that intensity. And all you have to do is breathe. So I ask myself, am I intentionally breathing from my gut? See, I did it again. What are the thoughts behind my feelings? That's a lifelong lesson of learning about myself to learn why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. What are the thoughts behind my feelings? 
because I'm usually telling myself a story about what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking. Understanding our emotional climate is the single biggest self-care strategy that will address our big emotions when dealing with pandemics or homeschooling or literally anything. The more we know about ourselves, the more we're able to honestly address our needs and continue to grow up. If you want more ideas on how to positively influence your homeschool mama thoughts, you'll find those on the show notes to this podcast episode. The next thing I'm going to share is to make your goal to enjoy your homeschool days. There was a reason that in the last Homeschool Mama book club, I chose Gretchen Rubin's popular book, The Happiness Project. She calls it a project for a reason. You don't get to happiness. You practice happy techniques. So my question for you is, is how you're homeschooling right now working for you and your homeschooled kids? Is it bringing you joy or happiness? This is the most important question, isn't it? We can attempt to hold ourselves to a homeschool philosophy that we like, We can attempt to hold our kids to an idealized homeschool routine that appears to be ideal. We can do all sorts of things, have all sorts of expectations, and discover that even though those things appear great on paper, but they aren't working for us, they're not bringing us joy. So let's make joy or happiness our goal in our homeschool days. As an aside, No, you won't hit it all the time, but let's make it a goal. The next thing I would share about addressing overwhelm is to accept yourself as a human being having a human experience. If I'm the only person telling you this, I'm going to say this to you straight. You're not super mom. I'm not super mom. No one is super mom. Notice how no Marvel movie was ever made casting super mom because they knew it wasn't a thing, and there would be so much backlash if they ever tried to put that out there. You are, though, a human being having a human experience. So even though you love your kids, especially after you've put them down at night and they're all cozy in their beds and sleeping and having those sweet dreams, and you're looking at them thinking they are the most amazing things that have ever graced your life, except a few hours later, you were not thinking that. Well, it's okay. You are a human being having a human experience and human beings don't feel happy with their children all the time. So accept yourself as that human being having a human experience. We can though, and this is my final thought in how we can address overwhelm in our homeschools. We can, though, work on showing up on purpose in our homeschools, with a whole lot of effort, of course. So, girlfriend, even homeschooling on a regular year can be filled with opportunities for overwhelm. There are so many different approaches to how we could show up on purpose in our homeschools. They could embody self-care strategies, 
There could be self-awareness strategies or prayer or meditation or going for walks or getting that endorphin rush from exercise, making sure to take our supplements, making sure to build into community and create a community of support around us. There are so many ways that we can build into ourselves and be intentional about showing up on purpose in our homeschools. And that is what I hope that this podcast can do for you in your homeschool. I know that in a regular homeschool year, there are so many opportunities for overwhelm. And they can happen suddenly and unexpectedly, and they certainly happen more often in these slump months. And they definitely are more likely to happen in pandemic years with slump months. But I know you can do this. You can implement strategies to address your overwhelm because I've been there and done that. So if I can do it, you can too. If you'd like to connect with me and do a one-on-one mentoring session or learn more about the Homeschool Mama Retreat, which is really just an approach to dealing with all your big emotions in your homeschool, you can learn more about those at www.capturingthecharmlife.com. And thanks for joining me. I'm so glad that you are part of the Homeschool Mama self-care podcast community. I can't wait to get to know you more and your homeschooled kiddos. I encourage you to jump on to my website, www.capturingthecharmlife.com. And in the show notes page of this podcast episode, you can share all about you, introduce you and your homeschooled kids on the SpeakPipe app to that page, or you can throw a comment up on any page. I'd be happy to connect with you because I'm here to walk alongside you to encourage you toward clarity, confidence, and vision in your homeschool. This podcast explores aspects of self-care that I hope will serve the real homeschool mom in her real homeschool days. Because there are a few issues that most homeschool moms grapple with. That not good enough feeling, perfectionism, loneliness, anger, doubt, boredom anyone? How about impatience? or having to reparent ourselves after past trauma, even self-confidence and identity issues, and most definitely, overwhelm. All the human feelings in the homeschool mom experience. To build into this community, I have created a Patreon community. I'm really looking forward to building into this community, building into you and getting to know you a whole bunch more. So if you're interested in joining the Homeschool Mama self-care Patreon community, you can check me out on patreon.com homeschool mama self-care. I'll see you there.